0: Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo and Kim Seltzer. Here at The Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions, and today on this special episode of Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you, and Kim and I both will be here to answer them instead of just lonely old me. Oh, and if you're dying to hear feedback about the Roger Stone episode, we'll address that feedback on Fan Mail Friday 135, but for now... Sit tight, because you got Kim Seltzer, myself, and Jason here for this one. All right, let's cut right to it.
1: Hi, Jordan, Jason, and the rest of the AOC team. First, I want to thank you for all that you do. You're changing lives, and it's wonderful to tune into AOC. I tried to search for answers and explanations regarding addiction and loving someone who's an addict, and I couldn't find anything to help me gain a perspective that makes me go, aha! So I thought, who better to ask than the AOC team? Mm -hmm. I recently ended a relationship with someone who's addicted to opioids. Oh, man. We had a long-distance first half of the relationship, and I had no idea what was going on in terms of his addiction. The second half, I was able to see him more regularly and caught on fairly quickly. I ended the relationship and convinced his family to send him to rehab because things got out of control. Rehab helped him tremendously, and I started to believe that what happened before was all because of the drugs and that it wasn't really him, the sober him. After rehab and three months clean, he relapsed, and I ended up having to cut things off again. He's been begging me to give him another chance, and I certainly will not, because I know it will be an ongoing vicious cycle. But right now I'm confused. I'm angry, but I'm sad. Angry for the lies and manipulation, but sad to know this person is truly sick and needs help. How do I move on from this? I think part of the reason I get sucked into these codependent relationships is because I'm always trying to help people and feel that everyone deserves love. I'm always seeing the best in others, and I don't know how to change that. How do we cut off addicts when they're so good at making you feel sorry for them? What's the best way to deal with them? I should add narcissists to the list since they share many similar traits. It's an epidemic issue in this country, and I know many people are struggling with addiction, whether directly or indirectly. So I would like to get your input on the matter because you all seem to always know the answers. Thank you for your time and all that you do. My kindness is my weakness.
0: It's interesting for me to see how people's insecurities and little pathologies match together like Legos or puzzle jigsaw puzzle (laughs) pieces maybe because they're more specific and not universal so she's someone that feels everyone deserves love she always wants to give people Mm -hmm. a chance she always sees the best in others plenty of people are like that my wife's like that but she's not dating addicts or anything but in the past she also did that right so so she dated crappy people and then eventually there was a shift but it is interesting that somebody who is maybe harder to love because of their habits and their lies and their manipulation matches with somebody like this it's just kind of like the square peg fits fits through the square hole right and it's interesting and sad because in theory, somebody who's very kind would match with just about anyone. But I feel like maybe she's filtering in people like this yes, as well. Yes,
2: exactly. It is. I mean, and I always tell people you can't change other people. All you can do is look at you. And if you keep attracting the same thing over and over again, there must be something that you can do. And then and actually, it's really empowering. If you think about it, it you could change something that changes the results and who you attract. That's the key. And, like, with her, that's exactly what Jordan, I was thinking the same thing. There's a pattern here. This is, wasn't just like a one off situation. So, you know, I think, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind with her is that I think she focuses way too much on the other person and she gets lost about her own. Needs and feelings, and especially if she's also attracting narcissists. So I would say, you know, kind of pulling in and helping her understand who she is. What makes her tick? What does she want? How does she express her needs and her feelings? That would totally be the first thing. And the second thing I'd recommend, do you know that book attached? Have you heard? I
0: do of that? know that book attached. Yeah.
2: I, that just comes to my mind for her because I think there's a lot of things about her that she, you know, if she, read that book she would i think get some help around
0: yeah for me because look and kim you're a therapist which is one of the reasons i stick these hard ones to Mm -hmm. the ones the episodes that you're on there's so many people that believe other people deserve love and that are really nice but there's a missing piece that's not being articulated and i don't think she's hiding it Mm -hmm. i think she maybe doesn't see it but if we could ask her there's i'm i would put money on the idea that she would say, you know, it's I, this is the third addict I've dated, and I never knew, and they're always yeah. hiding things from, or, yeah, this is the first addict I've dated, but the last guy had two families. There's, there's going to be something weird on the side that caught her by surprise, because she's bringing in this stuff. And I'm not saying she's a willing victim or doing something wrong, to get mm-hmm. treated this way i'm just saying that people who are victimizers even if it's an accident mm-hmm. they kind of they just have some kind of radar for this
2: Yes. And also they somehow get reinforced for it too. So there must be something that she's getting out of being the victim in these kind of situations and with addicts and her need to help these people or fix these people that she's trying to almost recreate for herself. And I'm sure if we kind of trace back into her family system, there might even be some addiction and codependency there as well. So she's trying to almost like have a corrective experience around this. And so she keeps picking people, much like people in her past, to have a different outcome. It's like, well, everyone deserves love. So, you know, but it's if she could see that it's not her job to fix people, but she really needs to kind of focus and empower herself and look at her needs and wants.
0: Something here tripped me up a little bit and this is again on its own not something that you would worry about, but we had a long-distance first half of the relationship. Okay, I know people that have done that, but it's highly unusual that the beginning of your relationship would be long-distance. So I would want to know, hey, why did you do that? Why would you yeah. do that? Why aren't you yeah. dating somebody who's in your area? I mean, it's possible. Look, I, me and, I met Jen, and she moved two weeks later. So I, I understand that, but I would I've spent so much time with her that I would have known if she's an addict. So it's almost like... Oh, I had a relationship, but we kept each other at arm's length for a really long time, and then he was hiding an addiction, and it's like, uh, it's a little weird. Again, on its own, not a big deal. That though, mm-hmm. plus the addiction, plus oh, he's went, he relapsed, and then he stayed with him, and did, again, I'm not trying to blame her for anything, but I really think there's a pattern here that is very unique to people who tend to be the type who end up with somebody in an addiction type situation. And they all share this similar set of characteristics.
2: And I'm going to tie something together that I don't know, even if you thought about when you brought up the whole long distance thing, there's an addictive quality to long distance relationships. And I call it like the honeymoon effect, because think about it. Every time you see one another, it's a freaking vacation, it's a drug, it's a vacation. Everything's awesome. So they're also, she may be addicted to the addiction, personality right so it's exciting that's so
0: meta bro but i know what you mean right it's it's (laughs) like and you have to be careful with that that's one of the reasons that i started seeing jen for longer periods of time because we were like this is so great i thought well yeah because i'm spending the weekend away from work i traveled to san francisco or she came down from san francisco to la where i was living at the time and then you know i would put all my work aside because i had someone visiting me and it's like wait a second what is real life like? What is it like when somebody goes, ugh, do you want to pick the cat poop out of the thing? No. All that's right. That's reality. You know, that's the stuff. You, and you got to test that before you sign on the dotted line. So I think for her, yeah, I think you're right. Your advice, which is to examine some of this family stuff and look at if this is a recurring pattern, talk to a therapist and figure out why.
2: Yeah, I would really encourage her to take a look at herself and start – understanding who she is i think she gets lost in these relationships and the more power and strength she has from within she will attract a different kind of man
0: perfect let's go to the next jason
1: hey jordan jason and the aoc fam i'm a 20 something year old woman and my question is about my friend hmm, let's call him mike right asking for a friend okay (laughs) he's an awesome (laughs) genuine yeah He's an awesome, genuine, caring guy who doesn't hesitate to put himself in harm's way in order to protect his friends. Mike, my boyfriend, me, and a few other friends participate in backcountry outdoor adventures, which sometimes has surprises and can lead to injury or death. Think of the movie "127 Hours." That doesn't really sound like fun.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Some people, though. <laughs> By the way, she's not. She is asking for a friend. I. I I saw her, and this is a real person. She is asking about somebody else. But anyway, go ahead. Mike has
1: repeatedly risked his own life to help me and others, so I'm in awe of his selflessness and I hold him in the highest regard. Two years ago, he started dating a woman. Let's call her Mercedes.
0: Because that's her name. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so why I say let's call her? So uh, well,
0: I was like, well, because
1: know. Mercedes, I, I do believe, are high maintenance vehicles, and uh, I think that's going to become apparent very soon. She doesn't seem to respect him as she constantly makes fun of him and belittles his intelligence in front of the whole group, which puzzles us because we're his friends, not hers. So why would she think we'd laugh with her? Plus, you wouldn't make fun of a friend like that, so why would you do that to your significant other? Whenever she does this, one of us stands up for Mike, or it's just followed by an awkward silence. She also bosses him around, and they are bickering with each other more often than not. The worst is when she gets drunk, They get into screaming matches, and she has ruined many outings, including my New Year's Eve party and an expensive group vacation.
0: That sucks. That sucks. Like, this person is a a shit. They really are. (laughs) They are complete shit. Continue.
1: They just don't seem right for each other, but neither seem any closer to breaking up. Mike complains to us about their relationship, but it's frustrating since he's not doing anything about it. The consequence of this is that our friends don't want to hang out with Mike anymore, since he's always, always bringing Mercedes, even to our outdoor adventures. We've had private discussions about this between various friends in the group, and we all vehemently agree that Mike is awesome, and he's like a brother to us, but Mercedes is quite the opposite with her negativity and larger-than-life ego. We've tried for the past two years to tolerate her, since they are now a package deal— But every time we resolve to put up with her and start fresh and forgive her past grievances, she starts a new fight and ruins another get-together. It's gotten to the point where none of us have seen Mike in a while and we've just been going on adventures without him. I'm afraid this has been isolating him and he's just growing more and more dependent on Mercedes. The friend closest to Mike came clean and told him why we haven't invited him out recently. We care about him and love his company and friendship, but we can't stand to be near Mercedes. Mike thanked him for telling the truth and said he wished it didn't have to be like this. The conversation ended in a vague way with no real change or resolution. I think all of us would think it would be different if they actually loved and respected each other. She could be the most horrible person in the world, but if they love each other and make each other happy, I believe our friends and I would be fully supportive. But it's obvious to everyone that they are unhappy, and we all think he deserves someone who treats him more kindly. I'm afraid Mike might have low self-esteem and doesn't realize that he can find someone who will treat him better. Do you have any advice for me or our group of friends specifically? Can we ask him to hang out but not bring his girlfriend? We're skeptical he'd agree to this, but perhaps you know of a way to phrase the question without offending him. And are we being terrible friends? He's been a loyal friend to us, and we definitely want to do right by him. If we're in the wrong, we'd like to do better. Thank you for all your advice and guidance, AOC. Sincerely, Less Ego. More amigo.
0: Ah, nice name. <laughs> it's, oh, best God. best name. Wow. <laughs> I, I gotta speak for Mike real quick. He's yeah. miserable right now. Okay, Mike. Mike knows he before your friend told him. Mike knows Mercedes is a horrible person. But he, you're right. He has low self esteem, and he thinks. If I lose her, I'm never going to find anyone as pretty, as cool, she's great, she's right, I am forgetful. He's basically an abusive, in an abusive relationship right now.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: And it sucks... Because his friends seem so cool. I mean, the email I've got from Less Ego More Amigo, she's cute, she seems fun. I saw the little profile picture because people send me stuff in Gmail. She's obviously really caring about her friends. They have a cool group of friends. This email's edited so they talk about things they do and they, they just seem rad, okay? And Mike is obviously this like young, athletic, cool guy that everyone loves and he's dating this horrendous troll who's just a terrible person. Or is also trapped in a relationship where she feels she can't do any better. That's also possible. But she sounds terrible. But again, one side of the story. So, ah, it's just painful because these people are just trapped, all of them. And they miss their friend. So what do we do, Kim?
2: Ah, this is, I know. Well, the first thing I thought of, too, is how cool that the friends are caring this much about him to help and, and write in. Well... You know, okay, so a couple things like pop out at me. One is these screaming matches that they get into, right? Can you imagine
0: being on a vacation? Like you're on a cruise with a bunch of your friends and Mercedes and Mike. Mike's getting abused at the dinner table by his girlfriend, and you're just all just sitting there appalled just terrible
2: you know it's one thing when couples have conflicts within the you know the confines of their home and you know that's one thing but when it involves other people and it's constant you know this is where an intervention does need to take place okay so the first question i have i don't really gather unless you know otherwise have they actually sat down with Mike and had an intervention and like talked to him how they feel and how no,
0: it was just the one. It was just the one guy being like, hey, because he probably here's my mm-hmm. thing. They They didn't they didn't write this specifically, but here's how I imagine this going down. Right. They ran. He ran into Mike at the climbing gym, and Mike's like, "Dude, I haven't seen you in a long time." And he's like, "You know why? Because we hate Mercedes. She's terrible. Everyone hates her, right? Something something <laughs> along those lines." And and Mike's like, "Oh, I know. You know, we shouldn't have to be that way. You know, you guys don't get along." And he's probably thinking like, "Well, you know, they don't get along" is the narrative that Mike has, but really, it's yeah, she's terrible, but I don't want to be alone, right? That's what he really. Because Mike's not stupid. He knows, he
2: knows. He absolutely knows, but he needs actually his friends to sit down and have a serious conversation with him to talk about how they're feeling to really help Mike also talk about he's, you know, how he's feeling. And Mike has even complained to them, right, about the relationship and that it's frustrating, but yet he never does anything. So, I mean... The friends need to help Mike help himself, right? And the only way that this is going to happen is if the friends kind of come together and set some boundaries. So like one of the questions was, you know, can we ask him to hang out without her? Absolutely. Like this is the conversation. There needs to be like a sit down and and a serious talk and say, you know, dude, we love you. (laughs) But we don't love you two together and what it's doing to you and all of that stuff. And for now, we would love to go out with you, but without Mercedes. And that's how it's going to be until they get help or, you know, somebody because that's going to force Mike to really take a look at himself and maybe do something about it because he is he's going to lose friends and time with friends. But I don't know if Mike has ever even had any coaching or therapy before either, because no, I I don't think so. And and
0: I think also he's probably never had a girlfriend like this for for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying Mike's addicted to the drama. I'm saying that he could enjoy the energy that comes from that drama. Or maybe Mercedes is just fine as hell. And he's like, well, you know, this is the best looking girl I've ever dated because I'm shy. The shy athlete guy. I was going to say that, but usually
1: when I say things like that, you say, Jason, have you ever listened to this show? What? What do you mean? (laughs) I thought the only reason that I can think he's staying with her is she is like a a 12 and a half.
0: (laughs) She's just some (laughs) smashed hot Latina who's like, I'm going to berate you in front of your friends. And he's like, but y'all don't even know. Right. Exactly. (laughs) He's like, you guys are cool friends, but dead ass, though. Right. Or something like that. I don't I don't know. Maybe. But at the same time, he he's Obviously, there's a reason that he's staying with her and probably I've literally never said anything like that on the show before. But there's there's a reason he's staying with her and it probably has to do with self-esteem. I don't think it's just because of the way she looks. I feel like that would just be too much because after a while, after months, you're just like, eh, I'm sick of you. Right. If it's just based on physical attraction, there's something else going on and they have to. Uh, the intervention might be there, but are they going to is it going to result in anything? That's the question.
2: Well, I think the, the intervention partly is, you know, Mike, you need to go talk to somebody like this isn't, you know, I mean, and again, unless he wants to stay in this abusive cycle and lose friendships, like at some point, the pain, it's going to come to a head where he needs to do something. But but the friends have to get him there you know so otherwise they're just going to keep doing what they're doing and everyone's kind of dancing around it like somebody needs to like really say it like it is and i the other thing is like we don't know mike's past we don't know if he grew up with an abusive mom so this again just feels oh yeah never thought about that again this feels almost yay too familiar for him so that's what he thinks that it should be or he's you know what I'm saying? There's so much know more we saying. don't know. We so much we don't know. We
0: don't All right. Intervene, folks. Intervene and get down to it and take him to task, right? It doesn't have to be all of you, but if everyone's really warm and cool and they're like, "Look, man, we just care about you, but she she treats you like shit." Don't even mention the way that she treats you guys as friends. Forget that. You can be like, ah, eh, she treats us like crap, but we don't care. She treats you bad. Exactly. Because if he, if they're like, ah, oh, we don't like her, then he's like, oh, yeah, nobody likes her. Everyone always is jealous. But if you're like, yo, she treats you bad, man, we can take it. We don't want to take it, but we can. But we can't take watching you get pummeled. Then he might go, oh, crap, you guys know about that? Because he thinks, yes. I guarantee you, he thinks, well, you know, she's tough to get along with, but most people like her. Meanwhile, you're like, no, she's terrible, and she's terrible because she's terrible to you, primarily.
2: And they can talk about their feelings and how it feels to be around them and to watch their friend being treated that way. Absolutely. Like, I think they should be forthright that.
0: And and I'll tell you, a lot of people don't want to do intervention-y stuff because it seems awkward and it's going to last forever. I guarantee you it'll be a moment where your friendship takes it; to, goes to the next level. And he's like, oh my God, these are the best friends anybody could ever want because they're putting themselves on the line. And look at it this way. It's not going to get worse because you're basically not friends anymore.
2: Absolutely. So, and, and I want to actually tell a happy story around that because we had another fan mail Friday and a girl had written in about a similar scenario about her and her friendships. And I had her do like the intervention thing and be direct about it. And I'm happy to say the happy ending to the story was she was way better off. She got rid of friends that didn't serve her. She was direct. She felt so much better. So, you know, in efforts to save people's feelings by not being direct or not saying it is actually, you're you're not doing them a service at all. Mike, I think is going to be very almost relieved. Like you said, Jordan, there'll be like a relief, like, oh, you know,
0: yeah, he thinks he's getting away (laughs) with it. Right. And he's he's going to be it it will be mildly surprising or not mildly, but quite surprising when people find out. Oh, yeah. So look, do this. It's not going to get worse. That much I can tell you.
2: Exactly. Exactly. How can it get worse? It only can get better. And he'll feel heard. I mean, I think just the fact that the friends are noticing and then saying something, I think he'll feel really good in the end.
3: Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify.
4: That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's
3: got you covered.
4: and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries.
3: Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify.
4: Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm.
3: Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always
4: been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi.
3: You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a
4: free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm.
3: Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion.
0: Jason, what's next, man?
1: Hey, guys. I'm in a tough spot and thought I'd share my story. I'm in need of thoughts and feedback. A couple weeks ago, I learned my wife has been cheating on me for the past nine months.
2: Mm.
1: We've been together for uh. 18 years, married for eight, and have one kid. We've been through a lot, starting with a teen pregnancy she gave up because the timing was terrible. We were apart for two years when I went to another city to study, while she was studying in another city. She moved in when she finished her studies. And we're now what you'd call an ideal medium family. We've done well in our careers, bought a house, have a super kid, and all looks well on the outside. I think that pretty much covers the background. Now to the interesting bits. Five years after we moved in, but before we were married, I had an affair at work that lasted for four months. Mm -hmm. I didn't confess at the time, but our relationship went bad quickly because she suspected the affair. We went through some rocky times and she moved out. Two months after she moved out, I sort of woke up to the reality. I ended the affair, chose to apologize, and try to patch things. She accepted, but it was a hard process, and I changed my job, and we tried to resume our lives. She never asked me about the relationship, although the ex, in an effort to do damage, emailed her all sorts of conversations we used to have. It was messy. You
0: know know what's weird? You see these people, and they cheat, and then they're cheating with the worst people. Like... I understand it, <laughs> but come on, man, all right, you cheated with somebody and they're married. I want to screw up their marriage now. Ah, so frustrating to watch. okay, continue.
2: Would it be okay if they had an affair with somebody that wasn't screw screwed up <laughs> i it's do, all I, bad. I mean,
0: is it okay to cheat on or with somebody that is you know not batshit crazy and vindictive? Come on, people, continue. That was
1: about nine years ago. Fast forward to today. Oh
0: wow, okay.
1: I kept noticing messages, feeling her distracted, a bit more nervous than usual, abnormal long nights out with friends, and all the usual indicators. (sighs) All these started about the time she got a promotion at work. Initially, I tried to be supportive of her new job, although it changed our dynamic a bit. I'm a consultant doing about 7x what she is, so it was an effort for me to adjust to this new dynamic. It was hard, and I don't think I succeeded at it. I remember myself asking her why she needs this. We're all good. I think I lost connection at that point. I just didn't get it.
0: Okay, so he's making seven times the amount that she is. We well, he said doing seven X, so doing.
1: like you must be doing seven times the oh. amount of work. So oh, she oh, so he oh, thinks that oh yeah. It's like, oh, you got a promotion? Isn't that cute? I'm doing seven times oh, more work than you are. What's th- the big deal?
0: I thought I thought he meant his salary, because I'm trying to do the math and I'm just like, holy crap, either you're making a ton or yeah. she's not paid <laughs> anything. Yeah. So Okay. All right. That makes sense. Continue.
1: She tried to tell me at one point about our relationship and where it was going. She also implied she might have done a mistake. I simply didn't understand how big the thing was and told her, it's okay to make a mistake. If it happened once, then that's that. I really believed that. Maybe it was wrong of me to dismiss it like that. I applied the same reasoning I would have hoped for if I found myself in that situation. So one day, I just decided to swipe right and see what those messages were about.
0: That's a bad oh, bad idea. Oh, I see. So I, yeah, I got it. Okay. This is
2: going down a rabbit hole. This is,
0: this is going to end well. Continue. <laughs> Phew. Bad call, man. It's a
1: feeling I can't describe. Reading from him how her body parts taste oh, and her wow. telling how much she loved him.
0: Oh, my gosh. Let's just pause right now and let that sink in. Can you imagine reading that about your wife or your husband? Ugh. Goodness,
2: wait, just so I'm following this, just so I'm so he uh, where did you get it? lost?
0: That's my what, god, so wait, not that complicated. Because this
2: is awful, this is awful, but now I'm thinking, but he cheated first, right? Once, yeah, upon nine
0: time. years prior, though. Remember, this that was nine years okay, ago. But now
2: still, it's, I don't care, he cheated first. Okay, continue. Interesting,
0: no, interesting perspective because it, interesting back perspective, then, yes, back then, he was probably well, like okay, we're done with that whole me cheating thing, and now she's cheating, and he's like, oh, gut punch. Exactly,
2: right? but that this is important, because like, you can lose yourself in this story, the current story, but let's oh, not lose man. sight of the fact that he cheated first. Go on.
0: I also think
1: he broke trust by reading her phone, but that's a different issue.
0: Yeah, so right. basically, you're never going to find something that you're like, I'm so glad I read this person's email or phone. Ever. <laughs> right. Right? I, I don't know anybody that's like, thank God I snooped. I mean, I guess it's possible, but I haven't heard many stories about that. Continue. He was harder than I
1: imagined. I was shaken from the ground, was a different man, really, and did not know how to deal with it. After the initial rage, I talked it over with my brother and then to her, trying to understand what options we have and where we stood. Her story is that she thought I didn't care, and maybe I had someone else on the side as
0: well. Mm-hmm. I Whoa, didn't. Whoa,
1: hella lack of oh. trust. Yeah. That's oh, you might. Say. I just figured That's you were maybe
0: say. cheating. No, I'm not. Thanks, though, for asking.
2: But he did once, so.
0: Yeah, 10 years. Wow, you are just, okay, we're going to get to that I, in a second. We gonna, yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about that.
4: Jeez. This is interesting. She
0: just he won't let that tru- one go.
2: No, because this it's all this trust. It's the trust. Go on.
0: Okay.
1: I didn't, and really think that might have been an excuse. Once we started talking, it was nice saying things that created bad blood in the past and simply coming to terms with how things are. My conclusion was that she is part of who I am and I would do anything to get past it as long as she comes up with an explanation of why she did it so that we can work out our faults. At the same time, I'm willing to part ways if we can't rebuild our relationship. Although she's super sorry, and I believe her, there are some huge red flags for me such as she keeps dwelling on ideas like, do you think some people are just meant to be together? Or I want it to be the way it was once. We're now talking every day more and more about us. What to do? Some sort of things that should help, like make time to talk about what went on with our work life, date nights, etc. It's been helpful just putting this into words. Looking forward to your thoughts. Best cheated and recovering.
0: Ooh. Wow, there's so much here. So I just much need here. like a. I need to Can turn we do the a fan whole
2: on. Fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> we should
0: have just done the whole episode on this one. I
2: just said <laughs> <Yeah>. that.
1: <laughs> I just said that. Yeah.
0: for real. I just I can't even get it. Okay, so the trust was clearly broken early, and yeah. in my opinion never repaired, We're but never since he, so, so this yeah. is guy logic and I'm saying guy logic cause I totally could do this myself, especially back in the day with less self-awareness. So he yeah. cheated and then he's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That was a huge mistake. He apologized and he's like, well, that's all wrapped up nicely. And then nine years go by and she has never gotten over that. Right. Yes. Cause there's no, there's been no actual repair. He was just kind of like. Oh man, I got to get this off my chest. And then he did. And then she was like, I hate you. And then it just festered for a decade.
1: (laughs) I I see, I see that completely differently. I think the whole thing was, was completely, you know, solved the original cheating. But over that time, he started ignoring her. And then she found love somewhere else because he wasn't bringing, bringing his a game to the table because that's, that's kind of the way it reads. It's just like, she was trying to tell him that, Hey, let's talk about our relationship. And he just kind of brushed it off. And then one day he's like, oh, how do you taste? Oh, I forgot. Somebody else told me how it was, though. I mean, that's kind of how the the timeline goes. And I it's not know. so much uh, about... it's It didn't what? seem like it was revenge.
0: Oh, I don't think say, it's revenge. I just think it broke and never got fixed. I don't know. I what do you think, think
2: Kim? Yeah, I, I think regardless of the details of this long kind of scenario, there's three things that kind of pop out at me. One, they were together... For 18 years, and that tells me they could have gotten married really young. I don't know, like you know, didn't he don't say know teen pregnancy? I think he's probably teen talking pregnancy. about her.
0: He's probably talking it's, about his wife.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like they they were puppies almost. You know, like who knows if they were even the first one for each other. So there was maybe a little exploring that was done on his part, whatever. But the second thing, I don't see anywhere that they had couple therapy. How did they repair just all of a sudden they decided they were fixed and they tried it again. And number three is the trust. Like when that happens, trust is broken. And the fact that she's, she says right here, I didn't, or he, at least she told him that she didn't feel like he cared so she went to somebody else. They, there's a lack of communication somewhere. There's a disconnect. There is something going on in their relationship, and I don't think it really has ever been addressed.
1: But so. the original infidelity happened before they were married, so they got past it to the point where they could get married and then have
0: a kid together. I think they just put it under the friggin' carpet. They swept yeah, it under the rug. I do, too. Right? Yeah. I do, too. Like, they never handled it. She was just like, okay, I guess that's over now. And then it just boiled up later when Mm -hmm. she was feeling, like you said, Jason, she was feeling ignored. And then she was like, oh, yeah, well, that guy cheated on me a while ago. And she just used it to rationalize her current actions, which are, I feel neglected. And the parameter inside our relationship of what happens when someone feels neglected is they go bang someone else.
2: But whenever they go outside of the couplehood, you know, and they cheat, there's a there's something that is lacking in the way that they're able to communicate together. And that's that's the root of the problem
1: is. And and, and that's why I don't I don't believe like a lot of what is going on here, because I had an infidelity done to me. I came home and there was an extra pair of feet in the bed and I got the same. Are you telling this for real
0: right now? That's absolutely.
1: Yeah. You got in the bed and there was a dude in there. I walked into the bedroom. I came back from a conference about three hours early. I came in, and there was an extra set of feet in the bed.
0: Wait a second. <laughs> Stop. Back up. Pause this question. Tell you got to tell the yes. be, like you, you the, the, the at least the fast version of this story. Are you comfortable with that? Because what I'm absolutely comfortable with it. It was
1: twenty. It was twenty years ago. Uh, my my girlfriend and I had moved from Cal- or from Chicago to California. We were living together. We were happy as can be, and. I We were working, doing all this crazy internet stuff together. It was early days, but then her mom moves in with us and her mom starts whispering stuff in her ear that I'm like unfaithful and out doing things at night, which I wasn't. I was coding all night. But then she said that after the fact that the feet thing, she gave me the same excuse. But what happened was I went to a conference, came back home, and then turns out she had hooked up with a Macintosh technology, like IT guy from her company. And I'm just like, oh, he had a neck, neck beard. How could you the, do that to me? That's... How did you cheat
0: on me with somebody with a neck beard? Yeah, you're like, so, yo, if you're going to cheat on me, cheat on me with at least somebody who's who's better yeah, in some no, way. So,
1: Yeah, no. So I jumped on the bed, kicked him in the kidneys. He peed blood for a week. They <gasps> skedaddle out the back of the house, and I never saw from him again. How do you again. know he
0: peed blood for a week? Were you like, hey, man, still peeing blood? Okay, cool. She was, uh, it.
1: Well, here, it, her mom still lived in my house because it was my house. So I let her mom stay there for another month until she could find a place because I'm not a monster. <sighs> so I didn't kick wow. out her mom. I kicked her out. <laughs> go live with your neckbeard boyfriend. But your, not, but so boyfriend, but your mom can stay here. The one that caused the this The
2: one who caused it, yeah.
1: Yeah. I let her stay there because I'm like I said, she had moved there, she had no place to go, she had no money. I'm not gonna, you know, be a complete asshole about it, even though she just ruined the relationship. I but.
0: you're a better man than me. I would have been like both of y'all. You yeah. get out, and by the way, I'll you'll get your stuff back because it's gonna be on fire in the front yard at one PM tomorrow. Well
1: <laughs> here's what they did. Here's what they did. I went out front and this that was the day I started smoking because <laughs> my friend had oh, left man. a pack of cigarettes in the car and I'm like, I'm gonna have I one think of those. And do then, this. <laughs> so <laughs> I was I was literally sitting out in front of my house in front on my the bumper of my car with a baseball bat smoking cigarettes, and what she did was she packed all her oh, stuff God, in man. garbage bags and jumped out the back of the house down this hill in Hollywood Hills. And ran away. Like, an hour later, I'm like, okay, they're not out yet. I'm going in. And they had to run away.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow. That is... Jesus. So to, to, so to wrap really this crazy. up in a bow,
1: she gave me that exa- that same exact excuse the cheated in recovering's wife gave him. Like, I thought you were cheating, so I, I got carte blanche.
0: Is that, Kim, is that like a standard BS excuse that people have where they're like, oh, I thought you were cheating. Oh, well, guess we're even now somehow. I don't know. what What's going on? I mean, That's I don't weird. know
2: if it's an excuse, but more speaks to, again, the lack of connection and communication between the couple. It's like, well, I'm thinking that this is what, is happening. So then I'm going to go do the same. Cause I'm not getting attention or he's doing it too. So I might as well, like whatever the conversation, but the truth of the matter is, and Jason, I don't know, like the ins and outs of how your relationship ended, but there was, there was some sort of disconnect with y- you guys and, and, and most people's
1: communication
2: because you that to assume that, and then go do that there, there's something wrong with that. Obviously.
1: Oh, yeah. There was a total breakdown in communication in my my relationship, which is why I see right. the similarities in his, because I think that they had drifted apart and that kind of, that that's where it starts. Lack of communication is that's where right. it starts. And once that s- starts snowballing, it's mm-hmm. really hard to get back on track because then animosity grows. And once you get animosity, it's really hard to put that train back on the tracks.
0: Yeah. All right. So Jason had a crazy story. However... Cheated and recovering is still like, hello, I'm still over here. What do I do right now? And Kim, you're up now. (laughs) Lucky you. Lucky me. Kim's still here. I'm gonna
2: go I'm gonna go back to what I said originally in that they really need to get into some sort of couples counseling. Okay,
0: that's clear, but what else though? I mean, yes, therapy times a million.
2: Time's but is annoying. there any hope
0: for this? I mean, are they able to salvage this, or is this just like some kind of absolute train wreck? Because she's asking these questions like, "Do you think some people are just meant to be together?" Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. she's probably talking about that other guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, uh, and there's there's the elephant in the room here that we haven't actually discussed. They have a kid. Oh,
0: I spaced. That's on a that. very
1: yeah. important part of this conversation. It's like they need oh, to whatever man. they're going to do, they need to do it amicably for the kid because yeah, that's so the most important part of this it's like okay you both cheated suck it up make make happy and make sure the kid has a good
0: life i disagree with it i think they need to examine themselves without interference a therapist of course not interference yes because because yes. here's the thing if they can't decide okay we're both just Sid and Nancy over here, we need to get this handled because we got a kid, and they both go, you know what, you're right, what are we doing, we're not, we're we're, we're better than this, then cool, yeah, stay together, keep the kid, have a nice family life, but if they're kind of like, you know what, I'm never going to get over this, I hate you, I want to see you burn, then they need to separate as soon as possible because the kid should not be witness to his parents trying to figure out how to fuck each other over.
1: Oh, no, no, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. I didn't I didn't want to say that they should stay together because of the kid. I'm just saying that they should like have at least an amicable relationship because of the kid. Like, yeah, they may hate each other, but they need to like come to a common ground and not like make it a like a big public thing. He says he loves her and he wants to make it work. And they're still together. So I think that there's a way that even if they do part, they can be friends. I'm still friends with my ex that I went through the whole debacle with. I think there's a way there is a way, like you said, with couples therapy, it, it doesn't mean they have to stay together, but they can still say stay civil because they were together for 18 years. You don't throw away a friendship of 18 years over this.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, is, I and I mean, obviously, th- I, if I could say that there were more concrete things that they could do besides therapy that would help them, all the things that I would recommend would be within the confines of, of a therapy session because there's so much here. And then with the kid, my guess is the kid's older, though, now, according to the timeline. Yeah, so. they've, they've been be, married for 10 years, know? so the kid
1: is under 10 years old. Yeah, not that much older.
2: Oh, Tanya. Okay, so I mean, they should, like you said, Jordan, they need to work on just, you know, the couplehood first and not bring the child in the sessions or anything like that until they get clarity and what it is that they need to do to move forward. But she there. I mean, obviously, the trust is broken. And the only way to repair that is to slowly work on it in a very safe way, because they're not going to believe one another at this point without. Yeah, this is ugly, man.
0: This is ugly, and there's no getting around it. First step therapy, got to be real honest and play in there. Don't tell your partner what she wants to hear. You got to be really honest with yourself. Ugh, messy. All right, Kim's got to pick her kid up from tennis, so let's get to the next one.
1: (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm a 28-year-old woman, extremely fit gym rat, great career as a chemist, homeowner, and mostly have my shit together. I've been single for almost two years, and for the life of me, can't figure out why I can't find a guy. I have no baggage, no kids, pets, never been married, perfectly healthy and very stable both mentally and emotionally. I do go on dates and give my undivided attention to the guy, make conversation while keeping things light and humorous, even if the guy turns out to be painfully introverted. I never get approached in public, only stares. I'm clearly doing something wrong when I never hear back from the majority of the guys I've gone on dates with, having met via online, and nobody wants to approach me. I'm starting to feel like a lost cause. Please help. Sincerely, BRZ Girl. Kim, what does she
0: do? Uh, And don't say dress up and wear heels. You're going to get hate
2: mail. I am. Well, I'm still maintaining that image does does matter. It does matter. But I don't know how she dresses, so I can't even address that.
0: Step Um, one, send Jason your pictures.
2: Absolutely. Exactly. Step, (laughs) Step two. Because... No, but this is, she's not getting approached. There's something going on here. So this is my specialty, right? Like I, looking at the outside, what kind of messages she conveying, both in her body language and the way she shows up. And also she says she gives the guys undivided attention, but I don't know what that means. You know, like the way she's going about things, they're either, she's coming across as intimidating you know, she could be really pretty. She's a, a gym rat and she might have a rockin' body and she's, you know, so guys just don't know. And then if she doesn't have that approachable kind of look on her face, if she's not smiling, if she has the resting bitch face on, guys aren't going to approach her. So I don't know. I don't feel like I have enough information to help her, but I would mm. definitely... I would definitely want to see pictures of her. So if you're out there, BRZ girl, send me pictures, send AOC pictures because I would love to help you.
0: Yeah, I'll make sure they get to the right place. No problem. Yeah, Jason at theartofcharm.com. <laughs> Jason at theartofcharm.com in order to protect the sanctity of my relationship. Exactly. Um, but that's yeah, what I'm no, here for. I, I'm
1: here to protect Jordan
0: from that's right. Oh, that's you're right. You're
2: such a good guy, Jesus. No, I I Jen, a- Honestly,
0: Jen doesn't even care. She, she looks at my inbox and she's like, some girl sent you pictures and asked if she was cute. What are you going to say? And I was like, yeah, she's cute. And she's like, cool. CC me on that one (laughs) just so that like it's like hey above board my wife and I both think you're quite lovely in these photos
2: well I will say this there's a woman that I just worked with who kind of reminds me of this profile and her issue was that she kept getting put in the friend zone believe it or not girls get put in friend zones too Okay. and I didn't know what that meant until I met her and I saw her and then I knew exactly why that was happening because she was wearing a lot of masculine clothes. She had very masculine mannerisms, but more than that, she was really kind of holding back and she wasn't giving the message as I was watching her with guys that she was opened and her conversations were more based on fact and business and you know what I'm saying? So guys just saw her as one of the guys. She wasn't giving the flirty feminine signals to the guy that she was interested and interesting as a woman. And so sometimes these little nuances women aren't aware of. And that's why it's so good to really, you know, take a look at every every body inside and out and what picture they're portraying, so that they understand. The good thing about it, though, is is like with this woman, it was little tweaks that went so far. I mean, just ch- changing the way she was approaching guys and her mannerisms and what she was saying. And it, it, it made a huge difference. When she came back into her hometown, guys started noticing her. She's like, I don't even know what I'm really doing, but guys are staring at me. And this guy that she liked at work actually ended up asking her out. Oh, wow. Just tweaking a few things. So BRZ, if you're out there, it could be just some small tweaks that could go a long way.
0: Yeah, we don't really have enough info. You're right. All right. Last but not least. Hey, Jordan, Jason, and the whole
1: AOC team. I'm a 22-year-old college student, and my problem is with my best friend of 13 years and his struggle with depression. This struggle isn't recent or new, as it's been openly talked about between us for around six years now. We're incredibly close, seeing each other almost every other day, and have been a support system for each other since middle school. For many years, we've acknowledged and spoken candidly about his mental health, and him openly admitting to me that he's contemplated suicide many times. He struggles with personal and romantic relationships, and from my point of view, it seems like I may be his only constant. To make matters worse, he's a type 1 diabetic, and it seems like his mood and stability fluctuate depending on how well he's taking care of himself. Within the last year, I've noticed he's gotten particularly worse and swings wildly. He recently brought a new friend into the group who behaves a lot like him in regards to how they deal with their depression and indulge each other in their self-destructive ideals and habits, including self-medicating with drugs and alcohol. Something I pointed out to both of them over a month ago when I blew up because they binge drank themselves sick. Gross. Mm. This isn't to say it's been all bad as he's gotten back into fitness and maintaining a healthy weight and diet, as well as going back onto medications, but he still struggles and it's starting to wear me down. It's particularly frustrating because he does indulge his other friend who encourages his bad habits while rebuffing my suggestions. Some of my suggestions have been meditation, disconnecting, practicing positive thinking and trying to be present. I don't want to sound petty or that I'm some sort of know-it-all but I feel like these are healthier options for anyone when compared to wallowing in your own depression. How do I help him maintain a healthy mental life and not get so sore over his rebuffing of my suggestions? This situation has been draining me, and I've had little patience as of late when dealing with either of them. Best Weary in Waterloo.
0: Mm. oh this is bad especially because they're so young the best the the best thing they know how to do is just you know oh man let's just party and it's fine and it seems normal because everyone else is doing it except for they sober up and go to class and some of these guys they they really don't do that right they just Mm -hmm. go harder and it's okay because you're in your 20s and yolo but it doesn't work long term and you're ignoring the problem kim what do we do here
2: this is so tough. I mean, you know, if, if this person truly has, you know, depression and he's struggling and he's, and, and it's something organic. And on top of it, he's diabetic. You know, I just wonder if he's getting help, but it, the, as the friend, I mean, you, she can't really say, Oh, well, you have to have help. She can suggest it. But I go back to kind of the cost benefit analysis of, Friendships. I always say that, you know, we do a cost benefit analysis on, you know, things in our life, like the financial world. But when it comes to relationships, it's a great thing to do. And so it's like I want to know what is she benefiting from staying in this kind of relationship and what are her costs? And if she actually looked at the two and compared the two. You know, sometimes the costs really outweigh the the many benefits or just the history of the friendship. Sometimes people stay in friendships because of the history. You know, it's like, oh, I can't leave them. And when the truth of the matter is, if if it's not serving you at this current time, history or no history, this may not be healthy for either one, really. I don't know. What do you think?
0: So you think just cut it because there's no way to salvage
2: i don't know i don't know if i can suggest that like i'm not a black and white kind of person to say oh we'll just cut it i think that for herself she really needs to think about what she wants with this friendship and it may be just putting some boundaries around the friendship and maybe not as intense You know, they, she doesn't have to spend as much time or maybe only certain times, you know, instead of like going out with that person, maybe she just sees him once a month or something like that. So I don't know. Again, I'd, I'd really want to know what this friendship means to her, what she's getting out of it. And is there a way to have a friendship look different for her versus how it is now? Because yeah, I mean, this is a, this is tough. It's a tough situation.
1: One of the yeah. things that that, that really, uh, you know, jumped out at me was uh, they're, they're making suggestions that aren't medically proven. Like, you know, yes, meditation, disconnecting, positive thinking, and being present. Those are fine for, you know, normal people who are centered that are just stressed, but it's not something that you can tell somebody that is clinically depressed. They need like, but they said they're on medication, so they're going back on medication. But it's like, does this person really need your opinions that I think it might be pissing the other person off getting these opinions all the time when it's just kind of fluff opinions and maybe that's kind Mm -hmm. of exacerbating the rift between them. It's like, oh Yeah. yeah, I broke my leg. And you're like, oh, here's a bottle of Robitussin poured on it. You know, it doesn't, it's kind of apples and oranges kind of thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, at some, exactly. I mean, there may not be, that's what I'm saying is kind of, look at and define the relationship as it is now and suggesting things and trying to get this person help. And it's like falling on deaf ears. That's, it's obviously not working. So can the friendship look different? Maybe they don't talk about these things at all. They go to coffee or lunch together once a month and it it is what it is. You know, at some point you have to really take a look at that. But if it's better for both of them to just sever ties and it's actually like if this person's really having a hard time with being friends, no matter what capacity, then she's got to do what's right for her.
0: I hear you there. I, it's such a shame because, yes, they have history, but they're so young. She says I maybe is only constant. That to me, if that gets removed, that could be a big problem, a big blow to him as well. Well, yeah, when especially since
1: they're 22 years old. They've been best friends for 13 years. That's more than half their lives. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: I think that he's probably True. thinking, well, she's my friend and she's great and she's stable and she's going places. And if she's like, you're a loser or and, and even if she doesn't say that, but just leaves and says, look, I can't be around you anymore. That's not going to be like, hey, man, you're not cool. We can't hang out. That's going to be like, you're not a worthwhile human being. And I know you better than anyone. And I'm out. That's dangerous. I, I hate to make her, her feel guilty, like I have to stay because of this and this. I, that's awful. But really, I think it would just un- annihilate him if she cut him out.
2: But I think that there's, there are ways to exit something or reshape things that can help both parties. And obviously, like I, uh, if he is so dependent on her for that, then that's not healthy either. So I kind of disagree with you because that, that like, it's almost like codependent at that point. He needs to also get help in a professional way and it's not her job to be his therapist.
0: That's true. Yeah, you're, you're right. All right. The real last but not least. Dear
1: Jordan, I'm writing in today, hoping for some lady advice. I'm almost 28 and I've been single for the better part of five years. This wasn't necessarily a choice, more of what you might call an occupational hazard. I'm an independent musician and music teacher, and between teaching to pay the bills, practicing my craft for hours every week, plus doing all the normal things that come with being a functional adult, like going to the gym, it's sort of hard to find time to meet
0: women. Uh, he wants lady advice on finding a lady, not advice for ladies. All right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep going. Right. However, I do incidentally meet women from time to time, and I've been noticing a trend in my dating life that's a little concerning. The girls don't seem to want to stick around for long. Mm. The same pattern has happened to me probably over a dozen times now. We'll meet. Everything will be fun and exciting for a little while. We'll go on a few dates, have sex a handful of times. And then usually it takes about a month before they start responding to my texts with, I'm really busy or just no reply at all. And then at that point, they usually just disappear. Now, I'm only 28 and I've got time to find the love of my life. But this has been going on for about five years now, and I'm feeling a little bit stuck in this cycle. Is there some part of my behavior that I may want to look at, or is this just a normal part of the journey, and I should just chill and bide my time until the right one comes along? Sincerely, not digging the dry spell.
0: All right. Well, Kim, you date a lot of musicians, so you're up. Tag, you're it. Oh, I love it. I
2: love it. Well, yes, musicians. What can I say? It's, <laughs> they're they're very passionate and they're very, um, emotive and they're very yeah. fun and.
0: And your but, relations with them, your relationships with them, always last a <laughs> maximum of a handful of months. Just saying,
2: except for the last one. That's Well, no, I mean here, he's cool. Right? He's yeah.
0: cool, but he's yeah. not just a musician. Just I mean, he's a musician. Like in cryptocurrency and he's an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. So what you're saying to not dig in the dry spell here is that he needs a career change.
0: Yeah. Invest in some Bitcoin and you can have a woman like him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) you too can. Okay. No, but here's the thing. And I hate to generalize about musicians or any occupation for that matter. However, I do see that there's a pattern of people who are musicians and commitment and, you know, sticking, like you said, you know, things that kind of stick. So, on one hand, yeah, he is really young and you could chalk up for experience, but there's something that he's doing that is creating kind of a, a non-commitment type of pattern. It's like the girls are ghosting on him. It sounds like, right?
1: Sounds like he's a drummer. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> drummer. Yeah. So, um, but I, I don't know. Like, I wish he wrote more about... What's happening on the dates or like what kind of girls or where does he meet the girls, you know? Are they fans? Is that like his girls?
0: Oh, interesting point, right? Because then he's in this weird position where he's this unattainable
2: That's right sort
0: of monolith and then Yeah. When they get to know him, they're like, Okay, I achieved my fantasy. I mean, we had sex a few times and I'm good now. Like, scratch that itch. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. He does say he incidentally meets the women, so that could be at a gig.
2: It could be at a gig. So I guess my first, um, suggestion is to go to different places around his passions, his hobby outside of, you know, music land, uh, where there's different kinds of girls, you know, d- does the same thing keep happening? You know, you gotta switch up the environment too to see if there's external things that he could change that could change the result. But beyond that, I also just wonder more about his history and commitment and all of that, because it may get to a certain point with women where it's exciting as a musician and it's passionate and he's sexy and he's fun and all that. But then when it comes to the deeper stuff and, you know, really, you know, getting real and the authenticity, then he's not able to do it. And so then the girls kind of move on because they don't feel that intimacy with him.
0: That makes a lot of sense, right? Because if they're coming from a distinctly different sort of not power dynamic, but right, they're they're going into it thinking like this is fun, and they're not thinking, oh, this might be somebody that I'd like. I'm here to meet a partner. They're thinking like, oh, I'm gonna bang the guy at the show from the other night, or oh, I'm on va- like vacation sex vacation. kind of mindset. Yes, yes. Right, you know, uh, exactly. obviously you're familiar with that. So they, <laughs> all right, excited, I got Z- yeah, excited. you got I'm you like, got stoked, yes, yes vacation <laughs> sex. All right, your favorite kind of sex. So they th- this kind of thing maybe they're they're coming in it from that angle. So y- yeah, you're right. If he goes in goes to a different place, goes to a place where people might be, oh yeah, this is our sort of musicians collective or this is where I hang out in my usual venue. He'll meet people more on his wavelength and then when they turn out to go when they wake up one day and go Wait, I'm dating a musician or this kind of guy, mm-hmm. it's not a surprise, it's not a, oh, okay, that was a fun adventure, now I gotta go back to the investment banking world or something like that, right, this is their world, he's probably meeting people who are not inside his world, which is fine, not, not everybody you date has to be inside your little sphere, but it sounds like they're not coming into this with any sort of expectation that this is gonna be a thing, mm-hmm. and sometimes you can change that, but why roll the dice? Right. Yeah.
2: And another thing I'll say, and this is just something about, you know, a lot of women feel they're looking for stability. And, you know, he says in the beginning, he's an independent musician, he's trying to pay the bills, he's teaching in between that he's doing all these things. So a woman may, you know, or at least the ones that he's attracting there, he's good for the good time. Right. But then when it comes to the longer term, like thinking about hunkering down and having that stability, he's not there.
1: I have I have an idea. Mm -hmm. Let's hook up BRZ girl, who's also 28, (laughs) with not digging the dry spell, who is 28. There you go. Yeah, I think I think think we might be matchmakers here.
0: There you go.
2: And so I want to see a picture of the musician too. Then it's all fair.
0: Of course you do. Well, we knew you did already.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) of course. We'll have some follow up on some coming fan mail Fridays
0: for sure. All right, Kim. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks for having me on. I missed you guys.
0: Documentary of the week: Hot Girls Wanted. This I saw this a long time ago. Actually, Jason, have you seen this? No, I haven't. I'm I'm intrigued. So it's about, uh, it was produced by this, this woman, Rashida Jones. She actually was in the office. She's a uh, very pretty, do people say biracial? It sounds weird, but she's very pretty, and she's in the office. She was the love interest of Jim for a while and a couple seasons, and she does p- producing and directing. Anyway, this documentary is about these crazy dudes on Craigslist. They, they basically post... Hot Girls Wanted ads, and these girls, they get suckered into porn, and they get discarded because, man, porn videos online, I mean, you film like 10, 20, and then you're just, all right, next, right? So they come, and they move, and they live into this guy's house, and he's young, he's like in his 20s, he's as young as the girls almost, and he films these videos, and he sells them to these websites, and the documentary is about this whole ecosystem, this whole economy, of girls that are kind of excited to do something, finally move out of the house. They all have big plans and they just get suckered into crappy bee porn.
1: There's a term that we used to call this. It was called and now nowadays it's called fresh off the boat, but it used to be called fresh off the bus. So these girls would come in from Iowa in the flyover states right. into Hollywood. And there were guys that would stand there at the Greyhound station in Hollywood and pick these girls up and basically ruin their lives. Ugh. So this sounds exactly like that kind of thing, but just kind of modernized. And I unfortunately got to know a bunch of those guys back in the day in Hollywood. And they are some of the scummiest people you'd ever want to meet. They're just terrible. Uh, they're sociopaths because they have no feelings for other people.
0: Are they just like, are they like pimps? What is this? I never
1: heard this it, before. It, no, it's not pimps. It, it's just that they see a commodity they see these hot girls coming off a bus every day with no place to live no money no job prospects and and frankly no intelligence to you know better themselves and they take advantage of them and they get them into porn they're like hey all you got to do do a couple shots we'll get we're going to pay you like you know 150 200 bucks a day and back then that was it's huge money for them because that's like you know a week's worth of rent at their apartment that they're staying at in hollywood and it, the cycle just repeats, and as soon as the next girl comes off the bus, the other ones are discarded. It's just oh. like that. It's it it is a it's a mill. It's like a puppy mill, but the "p" is a different word.
0: Oh my god, I've never heard of that. But yeah, Hot Girls 1, it was eye opening and kind of weird, and made you feel kind of like, oh my gosh, these are real people.
1: Yeah, you probably want to shower after you watch it, didn't yeah, you? Yeah,
0: but it's interesting, and it was well done, and I liked it. Hot Girls Wanted. Uh, check it out. That, I believe, is on Netflix as well, because that's where I get all my... Uh...
1: That is your go-to documentary station?
0: Exactly. Anyway, hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us, Friday at fridayattheartofcharm.com. To get your questions answered on the air, I keep everyone anonymous. You can make up your own funny name. We can do it, too. We're not that good at it, though. If it's feedback for the show or for us, we're fans of strong opinions, especially loosely held strong opinions. We'd love to argue like we're right and listen like we're wrong. So don't be shy. Hit us up over here. And if you have your own advice for some of the people you've heard from today, let me know. If it's something that can help everyone, look, we might read it on the show. You might get some mediocre advice from yours truly a link to the show notes for this episode can be found at theartofcharmcom slash fmf 134 quick shout out to mark and janine they saw me on a flight they were surprised that i fly southwest come on guys i put my pants on both legs at a time like everyone else
1: and i got it i got a shout out for my ups delivery I, I i would say my ups delivery lady today she came in i was getting my new imac to do the show on and she's like ah I didn't want to ring the doorbell because you might be in the middle of a show and i'm like what you know i'm on a show she's like yeah i listen to the art of
0: charm no kidding yeah
1: <laughs> i'm not kidding what so thank you very much for not ringing the doorbell and making bam bam go cray cray and uh, i did get my iMac so all good and thank you for your service
0: your ups delivery person saw the art of charm on a book or something and she knew you were and she knows the show
1: she saw my hat one day when i was hanging when when i picked up a package
0: yep (laughs) that's awesome wow are you in a strange land or delivering packages to strange people (laughs) listening to our familiar voices if so hit me up we'll shout you out i'd love to hear from you either way i'm on twitter at the art of charm it's a great way to engage with the show jason you're on twitter tell them where to find you
1: I'm on Twitter at JPDef, JPDef, and you can check out my other podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks, where we swear and talk about technology every Monday. Go to GOG.show for how to subscribe.
0: Also, don't forget about the Art of Charm Challenge at theartofcharm.com slash challenge. We'll take you step-by-step, becoming better at social capital, charisma, networking. It's for both guys and gals. We're taking you through these cool little drills and exercises. It's all highly practical. Step-by-step, making better personal and professional connections. Theartofcharm.com slash challenge or text AOC to the number 38470. That's AOC to the number 38470 or theartofcharm.com slash challenge. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps that we run every single week here in LA with AJ and Johnny. If you really want to dig into the stuff and work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches, that's all at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. We accept cryptocurrencies, all of them, pretty much for that matter. Now stay charming, get out there and connect and leave everyone better than you found them.